Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. If you want to learn more about your hosts, make sure to listen to episode one. All right, ladies. So this past year, I probably did more travel than I have ever done, like, and mm. I don't know, a big time period, whatever. Yeah. I've been going everywhere and I love it. And Yay. I was wondering, Yay. what do you like to do that's considered like super touristy when you travel? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Super touristy. Uh, you, oh, I know. I, I totally have this. Okay. You know what, what is it? <laughs> I love those double decker open air buses. Oh yeah. That I, I just love it. They're so fun. You learn, you have such a good view. And I noticed that people don't do them because they think they're too touristy, but it's such a great way to get like kind of the lay of the land when you're in a new place. I highly recommend those. Yeah. Awesome. I agree with that one. I haven't, uh, I, that wasn't the first thing that came to mind. Wasn't that, but I will agree with you, Erin, that I have always enjoyed the double-decker <laughs> bus. And there's something that you learn about the city that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Yeah, they're great. But, yeah. But the first thing that comes to mind for me is food. I am going to the, you know, I'm going to check the restaurants in the area that are mm -hmm. most popular that people mention, and I'm probably going to miss the hole in the wall ones that are the real good ones that only if you're there with people who live there, they're going to show you those, but yeah. I'm going to go to the restaurants and, and eat the food that uh, is recommended online. So I'm Google so, searching. So mine is actually combining both of yours. And what oh, I do eating is on I a double decker bus. Kinda. <laughs> but I look for a food city tour. Oh, okay. great idea. I, I did that many years ago in Seattle and it was the best thing I did. You got to do it at the start of wherever you are, because then you sure. learn the city, you learn about some of the history, you get to see some cool spots that you wouldn't normally go to. And then you learn about some restaurants that you probably wouldn't have seen before. Yeah. Love it. A great idea, actually. Wee. I'm going to do that next time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. We have Matthew Bordy here today. Hi, Matthew. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm uh, excited to be on and a uh, pleasure to meet um, all three of you. Totally. Yeah. Great. Let me tell you a little about Math Matthew Bordy. In fact, he's new for all of us. So um, I would say for all of us are meeting you for the first time today, and it's going to be a great conversation. Um, so you're a serial entrepreneur, right? Right. And um, you're a product development professional, which I yes. think is really interesting, especially for our manufacturing friends. I understand you worked with a Fortune, uh, was it a 500 company in the design for department? Prior yeah, to for Fortune 500. So it was Office Depot, Office Max, and oh. I managed their design team and all their private labels. Cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I was wondering which company... Companies. It I was. wanted to keep that secret. You know, on the NDA, yeah. you can tell us. Okay, good. 
<laughs> so uh, today you own your own product development firm and the name of that is Prototype. Uh, yes. You've been that since 2013. So, and you've got a bunch of products around you that we can see, our audience can't see. Hopefully we'll get some information about those products during the show and that, and we'll help describe as best we can to our audience that, that are listening. Um, you're headquartered in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, you're a one-of-a-kind development firm that supports inventors, entre entrepreneurs, and large brands with designing, prototyping, engineering, and manufacturing. Um, your mission is to make ideas into reality. I love that. that is Any secret sauce or information on where that mission came from that you'd like to share with us? I um, I know this interrupts and we're recording, but um, <laughs> I actually did not hear you for a split second. So yeah. can you repeat the question? Sure. Um, it says that here that your prototype house's mission is to make ideas into reality. And, you know, that's pretty special. So I was just wondering where that came from. So it, it really started when I was a, a, a child and I've always, I wasn't sure which direction I would go into, but um, I was a entrepreneur as a kid selling bubble gum out of my locker and always coming <laughs> up with ideas and um, I always wanted to bring ideas to life. So I always was wondering, you know, where can I do that? And a lot of my professors were say, you know, go into business school. And then I found a career in product design and industrial design. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really comes back to, you know, I think everybody's had this where they're like, oh, they see a product on TV or they're in Walmart and they look at something. They said, oh, I thought of that. You know, I thought of that product idea. And so what's amazing about, you know, what we do here at Prototype House and other industrial designers is we help entrepreneurs and people take that aha moment and bring yeah. it to life. So that that is our mission, you know, and create really great experiences for uh, people while they're using those products. So it could be a medical device. It could be a new toy for kids. Um, but it's really bringing that aha moment to life. That is so cool. You know what I love about it is like, we're all kind of in the digital sphere. All three of us, our businesses are really focused on digital and we all know how many amazing things come from that. But the idea that you're building tangible things, it's almost like it feels like magic after spending all my time in the digital world. Like you make real things that people can touch. <laughs> what what kind of products do you, you, you kind of gave us some categories, but tell us about what you're, what you're tinkering with right now. Sure. So um, currently we're, uh, tinkering with some new dermatology um, tools and aesthetic tools, which is pretty exciting for me. I love the medical space okay. um, just because it's always evolving. And, um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of TED Talks and things in the medical space, but um, I have some products here. You can't see yeah. them, uh, but yeah. they're all, some are some larger brands. Some are, you know, um, from just, you know, entrepreneurs. So here's a cool product. It's called Zippy Cap. And um, they that launched, name again. What's it called? It's called Zippy Cap. Zippy Cap. Okay. Yep. And I'll send you a link. So if anybody wants to check them out, it's uh, made here in the U.S. And what's cool about it is it's a keychain straw. So you always have a straw with you, and it works with any water bottle. So you just pop ah, it open. Oh. 
uncap your water bottle and drop the straw in and you're ready to go and you twist it and then you have a straw and you can go ahead and drink. Oh, your, that's your cool. Drink. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Um, and it's a local entrepreneur. He is based in New York. And what's amazing is uh, he found us online and was able uh -huh. to develop his invention from just a napkin sketch all the way to production cool. while we were here in Florida and we never met in person, but uh, he's now on the market and he really wanted to manufacture here in the US and we we're able to make that happen for him. So cool. it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so really that's one. <clears throat> um, here's another product. This is perfect for the holidays. This is a local um, entrepreneur. And they were just uh, mentioned on a few uh, different news channels, including uh, CNBC. But it's um, I, I have three kids. So we have the elf on the shelf. So this is the adult version, the jerk at work. So this is a plush. <laughs> I love this. Um, <laughs> so he, he's just really awesome and he does lots of pranks you know across the the office and it gives you a book of pranks that you can play on your um your co-workers and um they're a lot of fun but this this is a completely different category of product sure. because we're dealing with the you know cut and sew manufacturers as well as injection molding for for the head and creating like this cool character and experience that's fun and playful so, it's, oh. you know, it's, it's it's very different. Like you can see him here. He's having like pain. <laughs> and Folks, they can't see it. This guy, everybody needs I it. I love the pranks. That's um, great. And I'll send you links to, to them all. Um, here's a cool uh, product that we did. Um, actually, uh, many years ago now, they're on version two. It's called the Hyper Chiller. And what it is, is it takes hot coffee um, you pour that you can put this under a Craig, for example, and your hot coffee goes in and you leave it in for one minute and then cold coffee comes out. So it's undiluted what? cold coffee. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, and what's, what was amazing was we sponsored his business plan competition at FAU and he ended up launching on Amazon and Kickstarter, um, became a number one seller on Amazon. I think he has 14,000 five-star reviews now. Wow. And um, he ended up uh, selling the brand to a larger company. Um, so this was a really cool success and fun product. Yeah, and this was, um, you know, injection molding and a few other methods, but um, really cool product. And beyond that, we also have, you know, designed products for like Husky and Workforce and Home Depot. Um, sometimes we've, we've, we did a one-off project with Red Bull before, which is a lot of fun. And um, what else do we have? Um, here's a, a really cool product. This is in all the West Marines here in South Florida. Um, and this is a lobster net. So this is a patented uh, lobster net that actually folds. So when you're under the water, you can catch uh, those uh, pesky little bugs. Oh, oh it's a folding net for those that yes, can't see. it's a see. folding net. Yeah. So when you're diving down, one of the hard part, if you've ever dived for lobster, is you usually have to hold the tickle stick and the net in two different hands and swim. So with this, there's a magnet and it holds your tickle stick. And on top of that, your net can close. So you catch all your, your bugs and they won't swim away. Um, so this is sold that. online. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cool. Like, first of all, learning about all these awesome products that you're coming up with and making it. Second of all, learning about all these problems that I didn't even know about. I didn't know about <laughs> doing it lobster harvesting issue and i love the coffee cooling idea like you're just you're in the realm of, of solving problems that's so so neat 
So yeah, Matthew, I think we're going to have to come up with an idea and uh, <laughs> well, get it over sure. to Matthew to help us implement. <laughs> There's lots of problems that need to be solved in this world. I don't know. Right. Matthew can really Absolutely. tackle all of them. <laughs> we can just think of one, right? It, it only takes one, you know, and sure. I, I love seeing our client success because a lot of these are that I'm showing you are just single entrepreneurs. Um, or small startups. They're not all of these large brands and they get out there. They're in big retailers. We've had clients on HSN, QVC. Um, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot That's of fun awesome. to work along with them. Yeah. So Matthew, where are your clients usually getting these things manufactured? So, you know, this is a t really tough question um, because for the most of our clients, they would love to manufacture here in the US. Mm -hmm. And I was in DC recently talking to our lawmakers and uh, different uh, people in Congress to try to figure out, you know, can we bring more manufacturing on a smaller scale for our entrepreneurs and startups? Um, and right now it's really not possible, to be honest with you, for most oh. of our products. Um, it's very difficult. So most of our manufacturing happens overseas. Um, or a mixture of both. So we've been doing some hy hybrid models um, where we get our tooling done in China and then we can get our injection molding done here um, and then packaging gets imported somewhere else. And we do some um, you know, packaging and, and assembly. Uh, sure. But for the most part, it's still you know, overseas um, based on cost and labor. And also the big uh, you know, interesting thing is there's a lot of injection molding uh, shops all over our country. You know, they're amazing, mm -hmm. uh, but they turn down small production runs, mm. you know, because a lot of our entrepreneurs, you know, when they first get started, for example, you know, the jerk at work, you know, they can't commit to 25,000 pieces or yeah. 10,000 pieces. They maybe want to do 2,500 to get started and get rolling. Um, and that's not enough for, for some of the, the, the shops here in the U.S. Yeah. Can I throw a quick question at you about like, is it man's manufacturing changing that at all? Like with 3D printing and um, some of the other technologies that are becoming available for some of these more small scale manufacturing, has that intersected with the work that you're doing at all yet? So it definitely has on the medical field because okay. you can have these innovations where like for a total hip or, uh, or knee replacement, you know, some of those parts that they use today in surgery are 3D printed and specific to uh, the individual. Also in, you know, dentistry, they're 3D printing a lot of different implants and, you know, it, which is amazing. And I feel like in the future, as there's more automation um, involved in the assembly and manufacturing, we'll be bringing more manufacturing back to the U.S. because it'll bring the cost down because of labor and things like that. So I see the advancement in technology making a huge impact on that. Um, but as of right now, we're not seeing that to a point that's making making a big shift yet. Sure, but it, it, you can see it on the horizon. Absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's the future for sure. Yeah, I'm curious too, Matthew. Um, so you talked a little bit about where it's where they complete some of these new products that they've developed, but what are some of the other obstacles or maybe the largest obstacle that companies face or a young entrepreneur or an innovator who wants to develop a product? What, what are the challenges they face in getting started? So I, that, I, I really appreciate you asking that um, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs and startups, they don't realize how hard it is to develop a simple product. 
you know, mm-hmm. and the funding that they need to really get it across the finish line. So, you know, a, a lot of clients are, you know, they think it's just a, a pipe dream. But if you just think of like one simple product like this, um, you, ha- you go through a lot of different iterations. And um, for plastic parts, it's usually one big barrier is the molding cost. You know, your molds are very expensive. Um, so you have to, you know, prepare for that. Um, and then having a good business case and understanding who your customer is, mm-hmm. you know? So that's one of the questions I usually ask as an entrepreneur comes into our, our office is, well, who's your customer? How much are they going to pay for that? And uh, sometimes they don't even think about that. They just <laughs> are so in love with their idea. You know, they are holding it like a baby and they want it to grow. Um, but uh, some of those meaningful questions they need to ask to see if, you know, if it's worth you know, proceeding with or not. Um, and it's okay if you don't move forward with it. There's always another idea around the corner. But um, some of those bigger questions on, on funding, who is your customer? Um, have you done a patent search yet? Because there's a lot of patents out there floating around with product that's not on the market. So um, we've had, you know, unfortunate times where, you know, a client really wants to develop something, but there's already a patent out there. So they can't do it. You know, um, you're going to be risking some litigation down the road. So those are some, you know, high level barriers that I think people overlook um, before they start developing a product. And is that one of your roles and one of your services to sort of help people navigate that and to look at all of those things? Or do you generally anticipate they will have done that pre-work before they come to work with you? I would anticipate, I would love if they did most of that beforehand, <laughs> but it's usually that they don't know, you know, sure. so it's a lot of education. Sure. And um, that that is why, you know, we have a um, our, we have a client guide and packet information packet. So as a new client, you get, you know, a bunch of information and we ask those open ended questions during a discovery call. Uh, so we're on, not only educating them, but we also understand how serious they are. Um, you know, so we have some clients that are really well prepared. They, they have like customer personas and they have all their research. And they're ready to go. Um, and then it's much different, you know, because I feel like that would be a success. And um, otherwise, we give advice, you know, and if I feel like, you know, why don't you wait on development, do a patent search first. Let's see what comes back. Um, let's see if we could even produce this at a cost that would be reasonable. And if I don't think so, I'll be the first to say that. Um, you know, and I won't validate anybody's idea. So if I don't, uh, that's uh, one of our rules here at Prototype House. You have to believe in the product. We don't need to. We'll develop okay. it for you. But, you know, um, because I don't think that's fair. Because sure. as a service provider, if I say, oh, it's an amazing product, you know, it's maybe because I just want to work with you. Um, but that's not the case. So we will give you advice on, you know, those fundamental barriers to make it a success. But uh, we won't validate anything for sure. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, One of the things I forgot to mention about you is that you're a mentor at FAU Tech Runway, and you actually just mentioned FAU a minute ago. Is there anything else that uh, is interesting about you that you want to share with our audience that people might not know? Well, um, I, I love mentoring, and I've actually done a workshop at Northeast High School here in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I did a master class at the Levan Center, and um, those are just free classes, part of their accelerating programs. And if you're an entrepreneur listening, uh, go to your local universities. There must be an accelerator, startup, incubator. 
that you can get involved with and um, get advice and learn from each other. And, you know, you get a team and there's so much behind the power of a team. So I highly recommend checking that out. But um, I'm an avid coffee roaster and I love coffee. Um, My dream is to open up a coffee shop and I... (laughs) order different, you know, green beans from different areas and roast. And we put together a commercial uh, espresso machine at the office. And um, yeah, coffee is like my world. It keeps me energized. So. Oh, mine too. Um, I'm going to have to visit you if I'm ever in Fort Lauderdale and we'll share a cup of coffee for sure. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime. (laughs) And if it's a hot day, you just put it through that little. There you go. The hyperchiller. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Tie it all together. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you, Matthew. It's so interesting to hear uh, what you're working on, how are you, how you're helping entrepreneurs and and other people in business who want to uh, expand their product line and introduce a new idea. I think it's just awesome. So thanks for being with us. I think this is a great time to move into our next segment. So we're not going to let you go yet. Uh, we need to hear from everybody what they just learned. So um, Lori, I'll start with you. What okay. did you recently learn? Yeah. Learned Ooh, I'm that. excited. Ah, yeah. I just learned that. So, um, you know, that I love finding like research and data and really cool things like this. So I'm um, tying it into the social media world. I don't know if you're familiar with the name Richard Vanderblom, but he um, does this annual report on the LinkedIn algorithm. And it was published about a month ago, but it finally, I finally got some time to, to dig into it. Um, he audits over 10,000 posts to look at like what's working and what's not working in regards to LinkedIn. Um, and I'll just share a couple nuggets, but this report is 57 pages long and it's got some oh, fascinating wow. findings on it. Ooh, I need to, I yeah, need to look at it. I'm looking for this one. I'm looking for this. Yeah. But as far as like the things that's, that kind of stand out the biggest, um, you know, I see a lot of people say like LinkedIn comments, you know, you, first off, you don't want to be the first per- person to comment on your post. And if you are, you want to wait like at least 20 minutes. You want to respond to comments within the first hour to keep your post moving forward in the thread. If you're, um, you should comment or engage with at least three other people's posts when you do post something of your own as well. It's just going to show that you're an active LinkedIn user. And those comments, comments that have 12 words or more actually um, spike the, the your post up. So if you are kind of sharing, commenting with other people, you want to be intentional and in having not just saying nice post or or that's interesting, but actually putting some some, um, you know, depth behind that information. And when you're uploading um, like documents, you want to. Uh, Seven, seven slides is pretty good for, for getting some engagement on your post. Videos should be in square format and like 20 to 60 oh. seconds. Mm-hmm. That's it. I've got so much more to share with that, but we're just <laughs> going like, oh, to leave you hanging nuggets. right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll include the link nuggets. in the show. Yeah. Oh, Actually, I mean, 57 I... pages of nuggets. Seriously. Yeah. Well, I saw the little infographic that you put up and then I was yeah. immediately like, oh gosh, I better make some adjustments. So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to look for it. Erin, you're up. Yeah, well, I everybody's probably can figure this out by now. I've been sick, like crazy sick. So that's all I can think about. And so what I learned was that 
you can actually, I did not know this, you can get a test for the flu. Like we're all so used to like COVID testing now that they have gone like full bore and you can get all your little ailments tested now if you want to. But um, when I asked the doctor, like, well, what is even the point? And she said that just if you know what you have, then you can be, you know, careful with the right people. And we're just getting a lot better at these communicable diseases and um, how we manage them. So another little silver lining from COVID, you know, we got to look for those when we can find them. So that's what where, I just, where did you get the flu test? It was at the urgent care. It, oh. it, yeah. So okay. it got, I, I don't think they have the home test yet, but I think that entire world um, is about to like, Hey, Maybe that's something you guys. I was just gonna say, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> That'd be cool. Home tests. Uh, yeah. So how well, about you, Chris? What do you learn? Well, I just learned. So, similar to Lori, somebody sent me a, a recent study. Actually, uh, it's a friend of mine, Victoria Busby from uh, Colonial Life. She just shared a study with me. And I think this is something we're going to want to dive into deeper. So I'm only going to touch a little bit because I'd love to bring somebody in to uh, be on the show to touch on this more. But um, the study is between Colonial Life and the Manufacturing Institute, and its title is Closing the Gender Gap uh, and Recruiting and Retaining Women in Manufacturing. Oh, that's a new release? Yeah, just in November. So. Um, but one of the things I learned, so one one of their key findings was that, so let me just find it here. So as it stands, women make up more than 29% of the manufacturing workforce. And I think we've talked about that a bit Mm -hmm. by raising the percentage of women in the manufacturing sector to 35% of total employment in the sector, there could be 800,000 more female manufacturing employees and this would be enough to fill almost every open job in the manufacturing sector today. Wow. So when we talk about all the open manufacturing jobs and there's the war on talent and you're trying to find and recruit, um, you know, if we would just get to 35%, that would fill all of those roles. So I, I thought that was incredibly interesting. And the report goes on to talk about what manufacturers are doing to help close the gender gap. So it is based on a survey that they did just in June and July of this year um, with 190 responses from various people in different manufacturing sectors. So um, really interesting report. It's 28 pages long, so not quite 52 (laughs) pages long. (laughs) And uh, I also found out that, so I I went to the Manufacturing Institute because they have uh, a new initiative that is called Women Make America. And uh, it's a 35 by 30 campaign. So their goal is to help increase the women's percentage of the manufacturing Factoring workforce to 35% by 2030. It would be really cool to have somebody on the show uh, who could speak to the survey and about this uh, campaign. So I'll be working on that more to come. Awesome. Love it. All right. All right, Matthew, can you finish the sentence? I just learned that. Well, I just learned that in about six months soon, Neuralink will be implanting their first implant in a human for a human trial. 
And if you have about two hours of time, I highly recommend that you watch their show and tell um, on YouTube that they just released. And I know they're getting a lot of backlash right now, but the technology and the processes that they're using for manufacturing these devices is um, pretty outstanding and very innovative and exciting. And they share a lot of information on their manufacturing practices in the in the YouTube and the show and tell. Uh, they have their lead engineers. Um, they would be a great um, asset for the show um, to speak on that a little bit. But what they're doing at Neuralink, I think will help so many Americans uh, that are disabled, that can't walk, that can't see. And um, without, you know, no spoiler alert, but it's a very small device and they have all of these threads that get implanted in different areas of the brain. Um, and they, they show us, you know, how they can, uh, like a, a chimpanzee can control it and actually play Pong on a computer screen just by thinking where that Pong is going. And, um, you know, I really believe in their technology. They've taken it from, you know, they've, they're going to change uh, healthcare in, in, in that regard soon, I think. There will be a lot of news coming out on Neuralink in the f- upcoming years. I'm pretty excited about it. So if you have two hours of time, highly recommend that you sit down and watch it. All right. Thank you for that. That's one of those things, you know, that I see scrolling in the headlines and I don't really dive into. So it's good to know that there's a resource where I can get some deeper information um, just to write alongside AI and all these other innovations that are coming on so much more quickly, I think, than we would have even anticipated, I say, even six months ago, um, then we really need to pay attention. So thank you for flagging that for us. Absolutely. And I had never heard of them, so I didn't, I, it hasn't even come up for me. So that's great. I'll check it out. But Matthew, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's been great to have you on the show. If people want to get in touch with you after listening to this, where should they go to find you? I would love if you add me on LinkedIn uh, or you can go to our website, prototype, prototypehouse.com. Uh, you could also follow us on Instagram. If you'd like to email me, I'm always open for an email or drop by the office for coffee. My email is MatthewBordy at prototypehouse.com. And um, feel free to call us or drop in. And I'd love to answer any questions. And I really appreciate the three of you for having me on the show. Um, it was really great. Pleasure is ours. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll include all of the links. Send all the links to me and I'll get them in the show notes for everyone to have access to. Perfect. Awesome. Appreciate that, Lori. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time. This was great. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.